Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz trombonist and composer J.C. Sanford and veteran pianist Michael Kane on the new 2023 album called New Past. J.C. follows up his two previous trio albums with a decidedly different approach to the trio format, featuring pianist Michael Kane and bassist Anthony Cox. New Past delves into his diverse compositional style and improvisational approach. We cover their history as teacher-student, the project, and the future ahead. Enjoy this interview. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, hey Joe. What, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, good, good. Good to meet you. Thanks for taking a minute out today. Certainly. Good to talk to you again, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to catch up with you. Before we get into this latest album, I want to kind of ask you, you know, COVID did its thing to everybody in the jazz community. How did you get through that time period, and how good does it feel to have new new material out now? Yeah, well, I mean, for me at least, you know, one way I got through it was making those two standards records that I <laughs> talked about before, you know, that, w- that were much easier to kind of just pull together. And um, But it does feel pretty cool to, to, to go back to writing music and, um, you know, sharing that with these two really sort of awesome players that were willing to join me to do it. It's It's been really fun to get back to playing my own music and writing music that kind of had a lot of space to like be interpreted um, by everyone a little bit more. So how about you, Michael? Um, well, for me, uh, I was uh, I lucky, I guess, to be really busy during the pandemic. I was just uh, doing tons of, uh, of work. Uh, but online, like everybody else was, I was doing an enormous amount of teaching. My whole teaching shifted online. Uh, I was doing, uh, quite a bit of recording. I I do a lot of, uh, recording these days via distance for sessions where people send me tracks and I play on them. That was still quite active. And, um, I, uh, founded my own music software company during the pandemic as well. So I was building an app and, um, and uh getting a company up up and running so i mean i was just uh that just i couldn't have been busier yeah so how did you guys hook up on new post how did this project come together how did you kind of both come together and how did this project become and materialize the way it has well so actually um michael was one of my teachers when i was at new england conservatory back in the 90s late 90s and so that's that's how we connected and um he was one of the pretty influential guys for me ways of thinking about um different ways of thinking about making music basically and um and then we you know we saw each other here and there over the years we were both in new york at the same time but you know we didn't stay that much in contact and then i moved back to minnesota seven years ago and then suddenly michael lived here too (laughs) moved here right before the pandemic um and so when i knew i was going to do this new project um you know that was going to be you know have a different sort of flair to it than than the standard things i was just doing of just who who do i want to play with you know and it's like well i want to play with michael and anthony cox you know and um and they had a long history together and uh, so it was just made a lot of sense um to kind of to to try to get them together and, and and make this happen so and it was, you know, as Michael knows, we just so often during like rehearsals and things, I, I in a session, I just kept bringing up all these things that 
he told me when I was his student and that I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I'm thinking about that right now. There's things that you, you know, that, that, that uh, kind of stuck with me and it informs everything I do, especially in a situation like this. You know, the one thing about here in Kansas City, Bobby Watson was such a huge influence when he was the director of jazz studies at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. And he's talked a lot about collaborating with musicians that graduated from his program. So, Michael, how does that feel? I mean, what 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 does that mean for you to be able to hook up and to do this after all these years? Uh, it's it's profound. It it just it uh, means a lot. It's enormous. It'd be hard to put into words um, how uh, impactful that is. Um, and I can relate to what uh, Bobby said. I uh, well, one thing is that there is a really long tradition in jazz of apprenticeship you know playing and i know when i was a young musician i was playing with uh my teachers the first tour i ever did in europe in 1987 or 88 i think it was 88 uh which is also the first tour first time i met and played with anthony cox anthony cox was the bassist in that band drummer was uh billy hart and the flute player was James Newton, who was my teacher at Cal Arts. Yeah. And so the first tour I did was with my teacher, and I and and that was a part of the tradition as I saw it. And when I started teaching many years down the road, I always it made sense to me to play with students because we were talking and working together, and it felt comfortable and natural. But as the years went on, it it just really evolved into something that was uh, uh, I just see as a natural part of. The, the trajectory and the process of being a musician, but it's it's hugely impactful, and I, I feel really, really, really honored that uh, JC would ask. I hear that from a lot of musicians, lots of, I mean, whether it's veterans or it's up and comings, I always hear how that's a big deal with the elder statesman of jazz is to pass that torch on, that passion on, and make sure that it just stays as hot and glowing as possible as we move forward. So talk to me a little bit about artistically constructing this album. How did that happen? Well, you know, for me, it was, I had a, a few things, some sketches that had been sitting around for some years. I had, I had a couple tunes that I had sort of written that were sort of um, not kind of for undetermined sort of instrumentation. Could, you know, a lot of times some of the things we did were just kind of like almost fragments that just kind of were vehicles for us to kind of jump jump off from. Um, and then once once I got, and that's so why I knew that that was kind of going to be a little bit of this, the starting spot for, for some of this stuff. And then when I got Anthony and Michael on board, then I was like, okay, what can I write that might um, make sense for the three of us to play together, you know, that, that highlights some of their strengths, um, you know, also um, taking to, to account, you know, we're not playing with a, with a, traditional rhythm section, we don't have a drummer or anything like that. So just trying to think about what we could still do in, in, in that context where everybody sort of, you know, got to, you know, show their strengths and, um, but also in a place that we could really communicate really well together kind of collectively and kind of make, make a, like a, a single unit of a thing that wasn't just about like, you know, solo, solo, whatever accompaniment sort of thing. Um, you know, some things broke into that a little bit more than others, and some things were much more collective. And you know, my, my aspiration for these kinds of things, in particular, is always like 
with trying to get variety and try to have a lot of different kind of um, musical scenarios and moods and things like that. And so I, th I think that was, you know, I think we pulled off really well. And again, because Michael and Anthony are both so incredibly versatile, that helps a lot, you know, to, to be able to do that. Not everybody that you would want to do something like that would, would shine as well as, as they did kind of whatever ends of the spectrum you end up on. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what are you hoping the listener gets from this album? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, part of that sort of like that variety thing, it's like that, you know, that that feeling of like, oh, this is, we're in a totally different place now, you know, or, you know, this could have been written by a completely different person. And, and um, you know, but, but being able to kind of like um, feel like kind of the depth of a mastery that's kind of underneath these, a lot of times really sort of simple things um, and just, you know, this, a lot of it is just like a palette for these guys to kind of paint with, with their really sort of special, you know, unique voices um, and sort of just creating a, an avenue for that to happen. Maybe I'll uh, uh, add to that a little bit. Uh, you know, JC is a, uh, a very diverse uh, composer, creator, musician. And um, the thing I've always really appreciate and respected about his music making is <clears throat> he always and and this goes back to the days of NEC he's always he always clearly had a love and appreciation for the, what you might call the tradition or the roots you know foundational aspects but was always eager to explore reimagining those in in different environments and uh, I think it's something that I feel like I've seen in his trajectory the whole time is I'll, you know, I'll hear in his music uh, at once something that is, uh, uh, say, rooted, you know, if not, if not familiar, but certainly rooted. Uh, and at the same time, it's in a, it's in a framework or, or an environment that you might not expect it to be in. And as JC said, this is a is a non-traditional, if that's the right way of putting it, a trio. And so I think JC's really good and really talented at uh, uh, reimagining environments. You know where there's you can there's something you can hold on to, I, and you can relate to, and you're familiar with. And at the same time, like I didn't expect this. This isn't an environment or a structure or or a, a lens and a framework that is interesting and uh, surprising. So what about live shows? Are you guys doing any gigs? Well, we're, we're working on it. Michael's, you know, pretty busy these days, especially with his new app coming out, which I, I really highly recommend people checking out. I mean, Michael, you can talk about it a little bit, but uh, um, I've, I've got a gig coming up with Anthony and um, a different pianist, a really great pianist in town here, um, uh, Kaviash, Kaviraz. And, um, but uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna see what happens in the future. You know it's it's uh, I was felt really lucky to get these guys together when we did, and we found some nice windows of time when we could rehearse and then and make this record. And so we'll we'll see what happens in the future. You know the one thing about going through COVID was that there was a lot of a lot of musicians, younger musicians especially, that left the big cities because it was expensive, and there was this fear that there would be kind of we did we didn't know what we were going to walk into. I'm getting the sense now that the jazz community is stronger than ever. What's your sense? Well, I, I, you know, I think there is a good side of that, that so many people started to leave New York 
during COVID, and this was already starting to happen. This is what happened to me, um, you know, in a way, probably in a different way for Michael. But, you know, it was like New York was, well, especially once I had a kid, New York was like, okay, this is, now it's getting to be a little bit too much. And so, but a lot of friends like mine, you know, that were doing pretty well in New York, but they left because they wanted to raise their families in a different kind of environment. And so they started spreading all around the country. Now there's like all these really, there's, there was always some amazing musicians kind of spread up. And I see it feel like even more so there's people all around. Um, and that's good for jazz. It's good for any kind of music to have kind of people that are like trying to do really cool things and, and then being not being all kind of focused all in, in, in New York. Um, especially since so many of us are go back and do stuff regularly. I know Michael does. I'm going back next week to do to do a bunch of things. And so it's we can still have your kind of like your toeholds in New York, but then you get to spread the kind of the cool things that you might be doing in these in these kind of different environments all around the country. Uh, yeah, I, I would just yeah, I would I, I I agree with that, and I would say that um, the given the. Uh, the way folks, the conversation we're having now online, what what it means to be connected, how folks collaborate, they're a little bit less geographically restrictive. You know, you can live in a lot of places and still maintain connections. When I moved to New York in 90, the thing that I was struck by at the time is, you know, our Blakey was still alive, Miles was alive, Dizzy Gillespie was alive. You can go down this all this list of these really significant iconic musicians and there was the, 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 the jazz economic label slash industry system uh, was such at that time where, you know, it was a real viable path. Well, I could go maybe join Wayne Shorter's band or, or Blakey's band. I played in a lot with Robin Eubanks during the M-Base years and Robin had just come off the heels of years with our Blakey um, and so and so. I joined Jack DeJanette's band for nine years. And um, that was really key. It's not that there's not uh, 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 still great musicians in New York, because there clearly is. It's a, it's a communication center, as Oliver Lake once described it, and like a Paris, like a London, you know, those are gathering sp spaces. But it's it's the ecosystem it has, has very much changed. The economics that supports it, um, so it's made it a very different landscape, you know, and uh, so if you take that and then you couple that with technology where we can communicate in different sort of ways, uh, it allows for places like, you know, Minneapolis or other places to be very viable scenes and community. I know Anthony, who is from here, I remember when he moved back to Minneapolis, I was like, what are you talking about? Why would you do that? You're, you're the guy in New York, you know. But it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, for the playing live question, I'm certainly the the, the guilty culprit, it, and it's due to my schedule is 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 pretty crazy. But that's a perfect example. Kaviesh, the pianist who's playing uh, with JC and Anthony, is an extraordinarily talented, gifted pianist by New York standards or any standards. You know, um, so I think that's healthy. So let's get to the good business here of where's the best place for people to pick up this album. Michael, I want you to mention your app, anything, live shows, anything that's going on. We can put it all out here right now. Yeah, the, of course, the, the place to get records these days by artists like me is Bandcamp. Yep. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best way. It's New Past. 
the name of the record, and then um, we're going to do so. Working on some stuff, we're going to do a CD release show at Studio Z in St. Paul um, with Anthony and, and, and Kavi on November seventeenth, and then um, working on some other things that are going to be happening you know, soon after that. So. Uh, well, for me, I'll just I'll mention the the app, the music app, uh, music creation app is called Eque E K W E. You can find us online, equay.app, go to our website, and we're in the Google and um, uh, the Apple Store. And uh, that's been taking a lot of time. It's uh, We've recorded about 150 instruments from around the world uh, that players, a, a creator can engage with, make their own music, learn about the instruments. So rather than the, I call it the disembodied sound you get, uh, sound sources in a lot of the other platforms where it's string dream one, string dream two, string dream three, rock beat one, and Equa, you get this is a djembe. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it sounds like. It's from West Africa. Here's how it's played. Now you can play with it and create your own music. So it contextualizes and grounds the the user, and that's a big thing in my view that we're these days. And when I think about the idea of connecting and being rooted in something as opposed to uh, beats and loops that we don't really know where they're from or what they have to do with. So that's a big project for, for me. And other than that, I'm working on, uh, um, I'm still doing a ton of studio work. I've got a big commission with the Boston Ballet that's coming up this spring where I'll be um, composing and, and, uh, uh, and we'll be performing with the orchestra, with the ballet. I'm collaborating with another composer and uh, uh, the uh, choreographer, excited about that. Um, I still have my own album in the background that I'm trying to get to and and uh, release uh, a new one. It's been about four years, four or five, I guess maybe five years since my last last release. So lots going on, luckily, knock on wood. Yeah, that's good. It's so good to hear that things are happening. Michael and JC, thank you so much for joining me today, talking about the project and what's been going on and best of luck with everything i appreciate it thanks, thanks I thank you appreciate it thanks for listening and tuning in to another neon chess interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in minnesota new york city kansas city and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz thanks to both jc and michael for their time energy and cool if you want to hear more neon jazz interviews you can find us on spotify or apple podcasts subscribe to us at youtube and for everything neon jazz go to the neon until next time enjoy the jazz my friends Neon Jazz.